Hi, everybody. It's John. This is Watar. And you know what we're doing today? The third episode. And we're talking about war. Old world and new. This is why are we talking about rabbits? Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for coming and joining our Inside Baseball. Today, war. Guys, last week we talked about total war and we talked about the Mesopotamian view of uh, of total war or well they didn't call it that sargon of arcot did not call it that but he had a he had a theory about war and we ended by showing that if you don't think there's a difference between sort of the old world and the new i, I was actually showing you a documentary video the documentary video is of an actual event for those of you who think this is the event caught on film then you need to realize that there was not film or phones in 1861 are we cool with that okay this is a documentary recreation and i want you to see it right now the first battle of civil war is the civil war is largely understood to be the first total war but it didn't start that way it started this way we're investigating total war as the new world form of war here is the first battle of the civil war if you can't see it i'll narrate it for you oh Oh, look at that, ladies. So there's a battle, and then at the battle, there's like family showing up with, oh, there's some picnicking there. Look at the corsets and the pretty dresses. Oh, there's some young boys. Ooh, look at that guy's hat. It's 1861 people having a fun time at a battle that led to the decapitation of Lots of people, maybe even people they know. What? <laughs> uh, if you know a little bit about your history, you know that, that this happened because it was actually reported on at the time. And the guy who reported on it was there. I don't know if he was having a picnic and some chicken wings, but people around him were. So why do I tell you about this? Because you turned in to Watar to learn about old world, new world stuff. This is very old world, right? Generally, if you grew up, say, in the last 100 years, you don't think of a battlefield as a proper place for a picnic. That's irrational. That could get you killed, unless, of course, you're eating your lunch during, say, a less than total war. And that's exactly what people did before total war kicked in, really, it kicked in in the next three years. I'll get to that. In the United States, at the Battle of Bull Run, picnickers actually attended the battle with wine and then were horrified when the cannons started ripping people apart. But the thing to note here is that they didn't get shot at. And the picnickers and the kids who were watching felt safe there. Because contrary to what you might be taught about modern people, it's not like we're smarter, okay? At every battle that ever was, nobody wants to get killed. It's not, it's not, they don't, they're not, they're fighting to kill someone else and hope they don't get killed. And so if you went out to a battlefield, the expectation is to kill. And maybe you, think you'll get killed, but it's really not a hope. 
And these women were at the battlefield. So what's going on? They felt safe because they knew their soul, their nature to be different than the nature of those fighting. You see, that part of reality, women, were not intended for the other part of reality, flying bullets and purposeful death inflicted by men. That's a battlefield. And women felt safe enough to go out near the battlefield, just not on it. They felt safe. They knew non-combatants would not get shot at, at least not willy-nilly. That's not total war thinking. No, I should say differently, because I don't think, I think every war is total war, but we'll get to that. That's not Karl von Clausewitz's, Hitler's, Stalin's, FDR's, Truman's, Tecumseh Sherman's idea of total war. That's not what that is. This kind of um, subdued fear by non-combatants, you can see it in other places too. This is an account from Samuel, Samuel de Champlain, the explorer. He fought, well, he was in a battle with the Iroquois and he was fighting alongside the Algonquin. Okay, this is in the 1700s, right? And he writes, quote, the Native Americans had highly ritualistic and governing rules, strict rules for war. He goes on, the two groups met on the shores of Lake Champlain and negotiated the time in which the battle would take place. He then goes on to say, the Native Americans decided to wait until a day recognized by one another and a day that would not be too hazy or, or rainy. And they chose a place to fight in this good weather. Then he adds, after the battle, the entire night was spent in dancing and singing with the two opposing Indian camps, finishing the battle by shouting an infinite number of insults back and forth at one another. Like, try again, whizzed by my ear face. Do you think that Algonquin said face in your face? Oh, no, but they did shout at each other, according to Champlain. I mean, I could go on with other examples of this kind of etiquette in war. You know, like on Braveheart, remember when they met in the middle to have a conversation and Braveheart screwed all up because he wanted to fight? Like, there's all these periods of cordiality before you chop somebody's head off. There always were rules, right? And in many ways, total war is an end to the rules. At least Clausewitz is modern total war theory. But it's not to say, and I know some people are going to say this, that guy with the Mets hat on, he's going to try to say that old world warriors were like sweet and served like Rita's ice cream, Rita's ices out on the, on the battlefield. And that they weren't really warriors. They were nice to everybody. I'm not saying that. This is not that. I'm not trying to say old world people didn't take sharp objects and impale people. I'm trying to say that there was a divergence of thought when it came to non-combatants and many, many other things which we're going to investigate. So I'm trying to point you to an incredible thing, that wars before the Enlightenment were total wars about the gods. Wars after the Enlightenment became less and less about the gods until, well, they became about everything except the gods 
especially except the Christian God. Right? Gods aren't real to the moderns. And so God's rules, as dorky as we're going to talk about just war in the next episode, as dorky as they appear, God's rules don't apply in war because God is not applicable. The gods went away, and so did the rules, and you got total war. And so Clausewitz's construction of what war is begins and ends with reason, represented by government. What the Mesopotamians begin with, and many, many others in the old world, well, for them, war begins and ends with heaven, the divine realm. And here's the kicker. As that realm is depicted in Holy Writ, whatever Holy Writ it is, even if it's oral history, as the heavenly realm is depicted and manifest in culture, think of the gods as fighters, as lovers, as wine drinkers, as sex havers, however the gods are depicted, well, then the war that any society is having that society will attempt to make their war in that image. They will try to make whatever war rules there are in that image, and they will try to the best of their ability to create that image on earth when the war is over. That's often actually the reason for the war. War will always be an attempt to make heaven on earth, to bring the godly good things to earth. Hitler did this. Like, no, he didn't. Yeah, he did. His image, his vision of goodness was clearly a eugenics-based nightmare. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't a nightmare. It was heaven. It was a nightmare for maybe you, maybe me, because that's an ugly, ugly heaven. Stalin did this. Yuck. I mean, what was what was Stalin's heaven? Well, it's obvious. It was a place where everyone potentially could become an enemy so that you might extract information. What better heaven is there than that? <laughs> FDR did this. Bush did this. Putin, drumroll, is doing this. But so is NATO. Yeah. The North American Treaty Organization is doing it too. If you think about it, all war is total. It's embracing the kill in order to embody the good. War is always total, but it's not always total in the same way. The men and women who wage war do so in accordance with their gods. They will create laws of war that image their gods of war. This is why Christians have always argued that war should be defensive. You know, because their God took the nails. He didn't go around like, wah, 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 like throwing them. What if it was like Bruce Lee Christ? Kung Fu Christ. But even Kung Fu is supposed to be only used defensively, right? It's not an offensive war in Christian history, uh, except when it is. Oh, and then they're not being Christian. See, there's no justification for killing a man. And we're going to get to just war next week. And let me just repeat, there's no justification for killing a man. People are out there going, I can't wait. He talks about just war. 
it's not no you should wait don't listen if you like just war because oh wait there's no justification for killing a man it's called sin right i don't know what to tell you if he tries to kill you ah, now you might have a justification there is just no justification for just killing a dude Martyrdom is the very edge of this warscape. It's what total war looks like for a Christian. And martyrdom, of course, is the ancient Christian idea of war. Martyrdom is a positive act. It's a creative act. It's a way to engage. It's a way to create. The blood of the martyrs is a seed. <laughs> like, it grows stuff. The blood, is, blood of the martyrs makes heaven come to earth. It brings life. It's what war is. It's what it looks like. Notice, and we'll talk about this next week. Notice I'm not saying that there never should be a war. But a proper war is martyrdom, and martyrdom grows stuff. In other words, it brings life. War rules reflect the rules of heaven, whichever heaven you believe in. Your good is brought to earth by your war. That's how I think you can make sense of the Battle of Bull Run, the one we just looked at, where women and families went out to eat lunch and, and watch decapitation. They were operating on some sort of weird Christian chassis, but like a broken one. There was a kind of secular space where good people, I don't know, they could never get shot. And another space, the war space, where good men could do something honorable and get shot. The Protestant idea, Protestant Christian idea of a two-story world, a spiritual one out there and a material one, I sort of see it in being embodied at the picnic. It's like, it's sort of um, almost Gnostic. It's like, I'm over here, there, over there. My reality is this. This reality is that. Right? So that war, that battle anyway, it's all very different by the end of the Civil War. Very different. Well, at the very end of the Civil War, you have total war. You actually have General Sherman, to come to Sherman, quoting Clausewitz and burning down southern cities and killing southern, southern sympathizers, right? And I think this battle was something like the end of the Protestant era. in the beginning, the real beginning, a hardcore beginning to something like modernity in America. At least it feels that way, right? War is turning terra firma into the celestial realm called heaven. And I think Clausewitz was doing that. I think that's what martyrdom is. Anyway, I'll just add this before we go to the next thing. You know, Dostoevsky said that if there's no God, then everything's permitted. And everything is permitted in total war theory because, well, everyone's being obedient to their God, and that's to themselves. So what you can muster, you can do. The God of reason allows me to make sense of every act of violence that I can rationally, reasonably muster. Feels like the only check on me the war maker is will it win me the war right 
utilitarian philosophy is deeply embedded in total war theory. Does it win you the war? If yes, do it. You're answering to yourself. Hmm. That's today's gig. Next week, we're going to get into just war. What is just war? How does it work? Who's came up with it? Is there such a thing as just war? Should we talk about just war? Is just war just a Catholic thing? Is it just an Aquinas thing? No. Next week, what is just war? Peace out from Wattox.